Even with all our advances in medicine, many diseases that lead to death are actually on the rise. Uh, back in February 2016, there was an article in Medscape by Megan Brooks, which said this, the preliminary analysis shows that age-adjusted death rates were higher in 2014 and 2015 than during the same period one year earlier for many leading causes of death, including heart disease, stroke, Alzheimer's disease, liver disease and cirrhosis, and Parkinson's disease. For other causes, including cancer, diabetes, HIV, death rates held steady or fell slightly. Studies have shown that inflammation plays a key role in all diseases. One disease not listed in the study was obesity. Obesity is an inflammatory condition, and studies have shown that obesity increases our risk of heart disease, hypertension, Alzheimer's, cancers, and diabetes. The key, then, to disease reduction is to reduce inflammation. Inflammation in our bodies is caused not only by diet, but by stress and, uh, and an unhealthy thought life. Today, I want to focus on diet and the benefits of calorie restriction to our health, but more importantly, how fasting is a spiritual principle that draws us closer to the Lord, who is our health, our great physician. In a John Hopkins Health Review article back in the spring of uh, 2016, entitled, Are There Any Proven Benefits to Fasting? by Joe Spurgeon. Actually, his name is Joe Sugarman. Mr. Sugarman discusses a study conducted by a neuroscientist, Mark Matson. Mark Matson is a professor of neuroscience at John Hopkins School of Medicine and serves at the National Institute of Aging as a chief of the Laboratory of Neuroscience. His study revealed that actually fasting two days a week may lessen the risk of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's as well as improve memory and mood. In this article entitled, Are There Any Proven Benefits to Fasting? Matson and his colleagues have found that intermittent fasting, limiting calories at least two days a week, can improve neuroconnections in the hippocampus while protecting neuro neurons against the accumulation of amyloid plaques, a protein prevalent in people with Alzheimer's disease. It seems that sugar is broken down in the gut into these amyloid proteins, and eventually, over time, these amyloid proteins break down the blood-brain barrier causing Alzheimer's disease. Uh, it's actually uh, believed that this Alzheimer's can start uh, 20 to 30 years before you actually develop it. Glucose is stored as glycogen in the liver. Fasting 10 to 12 hours will deplete the stores, causing the body to use fat stores as energy. Fat stores are converted to ketone bodies with the, with the neurons used, uh, which neurons use for energy. Ketones have a positive effect on the neuron synapses involved in learning and memory. A synapse is the junction between the two nerves, nerve cells across which impulses flow. Ketones seem to be very important to overall brain health. Mayo Clinic reported in an article by Donald Hensred, MD, that, that research showed that regular fasting improved heart health as well. So fasting improves brain and heart health. 
Calorie restriction increases longevity by reducing inflammation, the major cause of aging. Interestingly, exercise also lowers glycogen levels and has the same positive effect on the brain as fasting. Exercise increases blood, uh, increases blood flow to the brain and increases DNA cells repair. Exercise also improves cognitivity and protects the brain from things that hurt it, such as free radicals and high glucose. Exercise is the best anti-aging for the brain. As I said earlier, uh, Alzheimer's uh, is on the rise. Uh, actually, it is expected to triple by the year 2050, and unfortunately, there is no known cure. Some studies suggest that Alzheimer's may start, as I said earlier, 20 to 30 years before any signs of disease actually is evident. So what can we do? First, we must change our thinking about what we choose to eat on a daily basis. Our current American diet is the major cause of inflammation because it is full of sugar and salt, both of which are very addicting. Sadly, the food industry knows this and purposely adds sugar and salt, keeping us coming back. Sugar causes our insulin level to increase and our gut to secrete an abnormal amount of amyloid proteins, which over time destroys the blood-brain barrier, contributing to the formation of amyloid plaque seen in Alzheimer's disease. I read about a study in which mice were given sugar water and water laced with cocaine. The mice became addicted to the sugar water. Sugar has a similar effect on the pleasure center of the brain as does drugs and alcohol. Many of us not only like food, but have actually become addicted to eating. Food addiction is not any different from any other addiction. Addiction to anything enslaves us and is simply, simply a way that we're trying to fill a void that can only be filled with Jesus. I understand all this too well, how food can entrap and control one's life. I was a very overweight child, and I struggled with my weight most of my life. I went on my first diet when I was in the second grade. As a teenager, I struggled with bulimia. I would stay up many a night just eating and making myself throw up. I purged and bent so much I had teeth scars on my hands. I was desperately trying to stop this emotion, my emotional pain, but the cycle left me hating myself more and more. At 18 years old, while staying in a halfway house, I had a dream. And in the dream, I saw a coffin, and above the coffin was a bright light. I heard the Lord say, I am the way, the truth, and the light. This began my journey of healing, but because I had no teaching on grace and God's unconditional love, I continued to struggle with feelings of unworthiness and self-hate. The bulimia got better, maybe only Persian two or three times a year, but I remained obsessed with food, using it as my comfort. I lived in fear and worry, particularly about displeasing God and Him punishing me. On the outside, I appeared confident and as if I had it all together, but on the inside, I lived in torment. My whole world revolved around what I was going to eat, how my clothes fit. My mood changed if I felt fat or attractive. As long as I was performing as I thought I should, I was okay. But as soon as I failed or perceived that I prevailed, I would go back into the self-condemnation or self-hate. 
I lived in fear and worry. I worried about everything and I never felt safe. My husband would even tell me that I, that I would actually find myself, find something to worry about, and he was right. It turns out that I was even addicted to worrying and many other things. In 2007, I came to a place in my life where I felt that I could not go on living in the state of constant unrest. My mind never stopped thinking and worrying. I said, God, I have been praying to you since I was nine years old, but I need to know you are real. I can't live in this torment, this depression any longer. To my surprise, he sent a person who began to teach me about his love, about the love of God, to tell me that Perfect love cast out all fear because fear implies punishment to teach me that it was a devil who came to kill, steal, and destroy, but that Jesus came to give me life. I began my journey to know him as father, protector, shepherd, shield, and friend. He is truly a good daddy who is not angry, but is longing to pour out his love on us if we would just choose to open our hearts to him. The Lord began to talk to me about fasting. Fasting is a powerful tool to draw us closer to the Lord and to break the yokes of slavery. Fasting really isn't about abstaining from food, but about turning our hearts and minds toward the Lord. And turning our hearts and minds towards Him, a divine exchange happens. He takes my shame and gives me beauty for ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of heaviness. That's Isaiah 61.3. God is not trying to punish us or keep us out of heaven, but he is wanting to transform us into his image in order for us to be a transforming agent to the hurting and broken world. He wants, us to, he wants to love us and to be partners with us. His heart is to pour out abundant blessing for those who receive his love and make a decision to believe and trust him. In his presence is the fullness of joy. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Jesus took all my sin and he died at the cross so that I no longer get what I deserve, but now can have a deep relationship with my Heavenly Father. I get, I get to have his favor and be surrounded by him as a shield. Psalms 5, 12. Isaiah 58, 6, 7 says, Is not this the kind of fast I have chosen? to loose the change of injustice and untie the cords of the, of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away uh, from your own flesh and blood? I just want to encourage you today that God is so for you. Um, as you know, that uh, those who have been following uh, along on uh, these podcasts, or if you've had a chance to visit my blog, which is healthy-mind-healthy-body.com, a scripture that the Lord showed me years ago really spoke to me. It was Proverbs 17:22. It says, a happy heart is good medicine, and a cheerful mind works healing, but a broken spirit dries up the bone. A broken spirit, that's what I was. And it wasn't until I understood that I was loved and chosen by a loving father. 
that he wasn't there to punish me, but he was there to restore me, that he wasn't there to, to talk about my sin and what all I've done wrong, but he was there to reveal to me who I was in him and that he was a good, good father. And it was that father's love that drew me to him to listen and to obey when he asked me to fast. Fasting was a great principle that began to break off some of these strongholds or, or wrong belief systems. Uh, and as I began to do that, things began to change. Uh, he began to change me. I no longer desire the same things that I used to. I no longer desire the same food. I don't, I just, things have just changed. And it wasn't by me forcing myself to be changed. It was, it was literally learning who I was in him. It was literally uh, knowing that he loved me and allowing him uh, to take these things that need to be taken from a life. And it has been such a great journey. I hope this has been helpful for you. Uh, we will continue um, our journey uh, through, through this um, deeper relationship with the Lord and learning to live an abundant life. Um, the next uh, post will be uh, regarding uh, lasting change. Uh, thank you for joining me today.